0: And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. Here he is, Michael Savage.
1: I think background checks are important. I don't want to put guns into the hands of mentally unstable people or people with rage or hate, sick people. I don't want to, I'm all all in favor
0: of it. I had to take a day off yesterday, not only to go to a dermatologist to have the things removed, that we all get removed after the age of 30, which if you've spent time in the sun, as I have, are precancerous. I had a number of them removed. Okay, big deal. So they sting you and then they cut, burn, cut, and poison. I took the day off, fine. But I also took the day off because the hatred in this country right now is at a fever pitch. And if you're not feeling the hatred and you're in the media, you're in the wrong business. Because you're part of the problem, not part of the solution. Did you hear what I just said? If you are not personalizing what's going on in this country, you should not be in the radio or television business. Savage. Michael Savage. A host like no other. Middle East on the brink. North Korea on the brink. I wrote a book years ago called Stop the Coming Civil War. And I quoted someone who wrote a letter to Abraham Lincoln in 1861 in one line where I wrote, I cannot comprehend the madness of the times. Treason is in the air around us everywhere. It goes by the name of patriotism. Well, that was then. This is now. We have turned the corner. We have turned the corner. Ronald Reagan wrote, we will preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth. Or we will sentence them to take the first step into a thousand years of darkness. Say that to Elizabeth Warren. Tell that to Bernie Sanders. Tell that to Joe Biden. Tell that to all of the others who are trying to push communism down our throats. Tell that to the rats in Hollywood. Those rats in Hollywood. You know, I have a home down there and I was down there. I couldn't take a few, two, three days of it. The snide faces that you're around. You can't believe it. Everyone's got a deal. Everyone's bigger than Spielberg. Everyone's got a deal pending, a deal coming, a deal in production, a deal about to go into production. And you have to listen to it in restaurants, which is why I do takeout. But I want to talk about these topics instead today. I want to talk about stop the coming civil war. I was ahead of my time as usual. And I want to ask you, do you support the president's idea for gun control, meaning background checks and red flag laws? And why is the NRA against these if they're so common sense? I will also talk about the link between marijuana and mass shootings. Yes, you heard me right, I've been trying to warn America for many years. Marijuana is in the air of every street in America today. Despite all the health problems associated with this evil drug, other greedy states are scrambling to legalize this very dangerous drug. And this is at a time when American youth is suffering from unprecedented levels of mental illness. And if you can't see the epidemiology connecting increased marijuana use, mental illness and the mass shootings, you don't know anything about medicine or health. I'm going to talk about that today. I'm going to talk about the Hollywood vermin about to release a hate film showing, quote, elite leftist scum killing deplorables. It is time for censorship in Hollywood because these hair plug guys down there have no sense of decency. None of the hair pluggers in Beverly Hills have a shred of humanity in them. None of them. Tied into this failed old actress, Rosanna Arquette, who says she feels so much shame for being born white and privileged. Rosanna, let me give you some advice, darling. It's not because you're not ashamed because you're born white and privileged. It's because who you are. It's not to do with your skin color, Rosanna. It's to do with the fact that you have no character. You are a total product of the vermin of Hollywood. That is why you should feel ashamed, not because you're white and privileged. But okay, you can't talk to them. I want to tell you right now that we're going to talk about these topics, the background checks. Trump saying he's concerned about people who are mentally unstable. Well, right now, mentally unstable people can't get guns if they're on the list anyway. People with rage or hate shouldn't get a gun? Well, hold it a minute. Hold it now. Hold it. Now. How do you determine whose level of rage and hate is high enough to eliminate their right to bear arms? Tell me who's going to do that, a judge, a judge appointed by whom? Do you think there's an administrative judge in this country who has a, a, a capacity to determine who might go off? I don't. No, no, very dangerous slope, Mr. Trump. You seem to be listening to the absolute wrong people, wrongest people you could ever listen to. And so today I want to tell you about This topic from Russia to Remington's and racism, from Russia to Remington's and racism, from Russia to Remington's and racism. The recent shootings have brought out what seems to be the worst in Democrats and their media accomplices. All we've heard for the last few days is how Trump's racist rhetoric caused these terrible tragedies. Some have gone so far as to directly blame the president for these acts. Reasonable people may think these people have lost their collective minds, but make no mistake, this is a planned campaign. They have taken mass shootings and seized on them to push the world progressive revolution. When Mueller testified before Congress and gave such a dismal performance, that was the end of the Russia story. It died that day. And so did the hopes and dreams of getting President Trump out of office. But this violence delivered the left a new R-word, racism. Just repeat, Trump is a racist over and over and over, just as Goebbels said to do, to make it the truth. And then some nut will go out and shoot up a festival or a bar, or they will take aim at Mexicans, and the president will get the blame. But this was predicted to happen back in 2013 in a book entitled Stop the Coming Civil War. It was primarily about what the Obama administration was doing to the nation at that time. But it also pointed to exactly what is happening now. On page 1, I wrote, quote, for most Americans, the flood of tens of thousands of immigrants from Central America purposely created by this administration to overwhelm our southern borders was the final straw, unquote. Well, the administration has changed, but the same people are working to build the caravans to keep bringing them in by the hundreds of thousands or millions. On the next page, I wrote, quote, the desperate Democrats are all pursuing policies of race and class warfare. As their failures and many deceits become clearer to the people, as the war they're fighting against, the freedoms promised in the U.S. Constitution materializes, they're counting on minority voters to turn out for them at the ballot box. That was in 2013. You only have to look at Texas in the last Senate race to see where Ted Cruz almost lost to the empty suit and empty brain uh, Beetlejuice O'Rourke. Was I right or wrong? I was right. On page 34 in Stop the Coming Civil War, I wrote in a very prescient way, there has been a dramatic increase in the number of children unaccompanied by adults who are crossing the Mexican border entering the U.S. illegally, 2013. The federal government provides what amounts to a babysitting service for unaccompanied children in the nation illegally with no parent or adult to care for them. In 2013, that number reached 25,000, almost double the previous year. Does it sound familiar? And do you know what President Obama did at the time? He put the children in cages, but Trump follows the same policies, and he's called a racist. Now, who was inciting violence against brown people? I'll ask you. I wrote this. Our President, Obama, seems to care more about the health care status of illegal aliens, whom he has repeatedly tried to recruit for Obamacare legislation, than he does about American citizens. Does it sound familiar? Huh? Huh? Well, if you watched the 2020 Dem debates, you saw candidates for Prez saying that illegals would be provided free health care if they were elected. Just like that. In 2013, in that book, Stop the Coming Civil War, I wrote the following. Not since the run-up to the Civil War have we as a country been more divided. The battle lines have been drawn. The haves and the have-nots. The illegal aliens against the hard-working middle-class American families. Liberals who hate the Second Amendment versus lawful gun owners. Climate activists whose policies cause forest fires and exacerbate drought against those who understand that the effect of human activity on climate is negligible. Anti-Christian communist educators against God-fearing families. Republicrats against patriots. Yes, you heard me. It was Brutus who stabbed Caesar. Judas who gave Christ up to the Romans. It's always the ones closest to you who do the most damage when they turn, unquote. That's from the greatest book of our age, Stop the Coming Civil War. But that's exactly where we are today, isn't it right? You had Democrats along with deep state Republicans for three years trying to take this president out with the big Russia lie, and now that dream is dead. And so they have turned to racism in Remington's. They have repeated the racist lie loud enough and often enough to trigger the mentally unstable to shoot up crowds of people. It is evident that the seeds the Obama administration had sown are now blossoming. And the blooms are filled with hatred and violence, a hatred for the president, a hatred for Trump voters, a hatred for America itself, a hatred for all of our traditions and heroes. And as the violence grows, the left keeps planting more seeds. Do you need evidence that violence is what they want? Well, here it is. The communist bastion of Hollywood is promoting a new movie called The Hunt. Its premise is that elites have deplorables kidnapped so they can be hunted down and killed like animals. It's just a movie, you say, but this is what is in the minds of those vermin in Hollywood. This is what they are thinking. This is the mindset they are operating under. The tipping point is upon us. We can only hope that cooler heads will prevail and the American people will not resort to any more violence. But let's hope more Americans will see these communist revolutionaries for what they are and let them fade away from the public square, just as the voices of a lunatic or the town drunk would be ignored. But if the Dems and their media accomplices continued to give credibility to these ideas that America is no good and white people are evil, the prospects for the nation are gruesome. I'm Michael Savage, and I approve of my monologue, From Russia to Remington's and Racism. If you care to comment on my brilliant monologue or any of the topics I have raised, and there are quite a few topics, by the way, Such as do you support the president's ideas for gun control, meaning red flag laws, background checks or the link between marijuana and mass shootings? I will also ask you for marijuana horror stories. America must hear how this evil drug may have ruined your life. I may sound familiar to you. I may sound like the guy next door. I may sound like the bus driver or the mechanic or the taxi driver. I may sound like the truck driver, the nail driver the hoe driver but i'm a national broadcaster heard around the world for the last 25 years pay careful attention savage michael savage a host like no other this is the greatest christmas or hanukkah present you could buy for anybody it's a great book a savage republic and i do want you to go buy it i do want you to make it a stocking stuffer and if you can save one vote from this insanity that's a big save
1: I am concerned about the rise of any group of hate. I don't like it. Any group of hate. I am, whether it's white supremacy, whether it's any other kind of supremacy, whether it's Antifa, whether it's any group of hate, I am very concerned about it, and I'll do something about it.
0: How about Islamofascism? Where has is, where is that gone? you remember all the shootings and bombings during Obama's uh, eight years of hatred and rage? Do you remember what went on in this country? Do you remember how many attacks by Muslims there were in this nation, which led to the election of Donald Trump, by the way, who said he would ban Muslims from coming in from certain countries? Let's not forget history. Those who do not know the history are condemned to repeat it. See, this administration has locked up the Islamofascists amongst us. They got them in their targets. They got them in their sights. They got them. They know where they are. They're watching them around the clock. Even Obama's head of the FBI said that there are a thousand active fascists that were watching. They're watched around the clock. So right now, they got them in a box. They got them like little mice ready to snap on their necks if they so much as peep that they're going to do something. Thank God that Trump's in power. We have that under control. But how are you going to control homegrown nuts, whether they're Antifa or white supremacists, who are locked and loaded to the gills? How are you going to do that? Must all of us give up our freedoms in order for us to catch a few of them? That would be like saying, we don't need the First Amendment anymore. We should get rid of it because there are people who are espousing hatred. So therefore, all of us will no longer enjoy the First Amendment. Does that make sense to you? you want to become England where they walk around in fear of their own lives? So you see, this slippery slope argument is not irrelevant or irrational. What about all of the anti-white racism against young white boys? What effect do you think that's having on them? You take the first one, the nut, who attacked Mexicans. You take him if you want. He was a clear white supremacist. But, and I'm going to say but again, how many years was he subjected to the hatred of his own gender and his own race in schools and in the media? How many years did he have to listen to the fact that he was a piece of garbage, that he was evil, that everyone in this nation... Even those who fought Hitler were fascists. How much of that do you think went into this kid's head until he exploded? I've warned you that if you keep doing this to people who are marginal, they will snap. I told you that. So you want it to stop? You better cool down. You better cool down the communists in our school system real fast. I have many other things I want to talk about, including the red flag laws that Trump is suddenly embracing. He's obviously listening to. Uh, the people that came with him from New York City. He's no longer listening to Eddie and Edith, the people who elected him into office. I'm terrified, by the way, that he won't get reelected. I will tell you right now, you, you don't think this could happen? You're mistaken. There is no wall. Read my lips. No more immigrants. Well, we have more than ever. So the wall was a lie. Maybe we'll get it. Maybe we won't. I don't think we'll see so much as a speed bump. Now what? He's going to go after the guns of these. Guys. Uh, let's say who? who's he going after? People with rage or hate, who is that? Who will define who has rage or hate? Well, let's turn it over to Hollywood. Let the geniuses who make the movies determine who has rage and hate and shouldn't be allowed to get a gun or shouldn't be allowed on Twitter. After all, they would know what rage and hate is. They produce it all the time. So in other words, they're going to say anyone they don't agree with politically is too enraged or too hateful to have a gun. And while you're at it, they shouldn't be able to speak. Have their tongues pulled out. Do you understand what... The amendments to the Constitution were written for. I'm an expert on the First Amendment. No one else in the media knows it as well as I do. I don't care how many books they read or how many times they quote the Constitution like they wrote it themselves. They're nothing compared to me.
1: Savage.
0: The Savage Nation. It's Savage on Demand. If you detect a change in my tone, you are correct. I didn't just take the day off to go to the dermatologist and to get away from the hate and rage. I took the day off to meditate on where I'm at, not only in my life, but in my career and whether my voice has any validity in this sea of lies, in the sea of shysters in the radio business, in the sea of people calling themselves great. I never heard of a man calling himself great who is great, frankly. Never heard of it in my life until now. But apparently it it earns millions of dollars for those who do. But I don't want to talk about that. I want to direct you to From Russia to Remington's and Racism on my website. And we're talking again about the president's idea for gun control, which are absolutely not right. Don't say, oh, something has to be done. I'm sorry, that's not the right answer. When I heard the president repeat the rhetoric of Hollywood, where he doesn't want people with rage or hate to own guns, I said, wait a minute. Who's whispering in his ear? Which liberal is whispering in President Trump's ear? Tell me of a gun owner that you know who doesn't have rage or hate in his heart or her heart. Do you know any? Maybe there are a few. I haven't met her. Usually people at at shooting ranges are there because they're afraid of something and they want to get a lot of hostility out of themselves at the range. That's what guns do. It's a great way to relieve stress. And what is stress? Stress is built up rage. Do you understand how this works? So... Yeah, this is a big issue right now. I knew the day would come that Trump would be totally turned without even knowing it. He didn't even know what he just said. Don't don't give me the four-dimensional chess. I wrote that line. Stop telling me he's playing four-dimensional chess. He's speaking without thinking. He's just speaking on the way into a helicopter without thinking about the ramifications. I'm going to tell you right now, he won by 80,000 votes in the last election, largely because of this audience and this show. Whether you agree with me or not does not matter to me. I know the truth, and I express the truth. 80,000 votes, margin, very thin, the deplorables, the Eddies, the Ediths. He takes away their right to bear arms. He starts to curtail their speech. They won't vote. They will never vote for a Democrat. No, no, I didn't say that. Never. But if they just don't come out and vote again like they did before Trump, we're going to have a communist revolution or a communist revolutionary take over this country. You know, for a while, I thought Biden was being advised very correctly. He was playing average Joe, middle of the road, Joe, calming Joe, nice Joe. And then all of a sudden, after these shootings, he made a huge mistake and it's going to cost him any votes that he may have gained from the middle. And you know what he said? He said just the other day, I think we have the soundbite, Jim. When I become president, I'm coming after your guns. We have that one, don't we? He's not a moderate. He is occasional cortex in old pants. Joe Biden is not a moderate. He's occasional cortex with false teeth. He's not a moderate. Joe Biden is not a moderate at all. He's occasional cortex with filthy pants and false teeth and a hearing aid. And boy, is he tone deaf. He is so tone deaf. Jim, will you have the soundbite? I'm coming after your guns. Here. Here's the middle of the road, Joe, who just lost millions of voters. Listen to this one. I can tell you, as the guy along with uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein got the assault weapons ban and the high capacity magazines banned in this country for 10 years, <laughs> the elected president, we will do it again. We will do it again. A hundred rounds in Dayton. 30 round clips. in El Paso. They'll be banned. And when we do it, we'll put in place a buyback program to get as many as these military style weapons of war as possible off the street. And we need we need a domestic terrorism law. We need it, huh? And who are you going to put in charge of it? Rosanna Arquette, who, who are you going to put in charge of your domestic terrorism law department? Who's going to be your czar on that one? Michael Moore. Or Larry David, perhaps. Maybe Woody Allen can be your czar on domestic hate. Or one of the other paranoid lunatics who everywhere they turn, they see the Holocaust. They don't see the deplorables, by the way. They see Nazis in SS uniforms. They are by definition insane. Anyone who walks around and only sees the Holocaust in the inside of their mind in a white person is by definition insane. So that means a good percentage of those who vote Democrat. Every white man to them who owns a gun is a Hitler. Do you have have any idea how crazy these people actually are? How traumatized they are? You're going to let them take control of this country? They had Obama for a long while. It was like living in a hell. And uh, Trump was the reaction to Obama. But God forbid Trump keeps up this tilt to the left. And he keeps alienating his core base. Where does he think he's going to get, what, does he think the middle is going to come to him? Does he actually think by catering to the far left, he is going to win over anybody? I don't really think so. Trump is making big mistakes right now because he's being misadvised by fools. Trump should be doubling down in making certain that the Eddies and the Ediths, who I speak to every day, come out and vote for him again. He doesn't have them in his pocket, not at all. He doesn't own them. What he doesn't understand is that these people are not the unwashable morons that his New York buddies seem to think that they are. They're not idiots. That farmer in overalls on 10,000 acres in Iowa is probably 1,000 times smarter than one of the vermin who owns a hedge fund who steals everything he can in the name of profit. That farmer who raises the cows and watches the clover grow, or whatever the grasses are that the cow eats, understands more about carbon dioxide than any one of the vermin running a hedge fund who sacks every company they can get their filthy, dirty hands on. Remind yourself what I'm talking about. If you think I don't know what profiteering is, you are mistaken. If you think I don't know about the excesses on Wall Street, you're listening to the wrong show. If you think I don't know what the uptick rule is and how it should be returned to Wall Street, you don't know who you're listening to. So there are a lot of things that need to be fixed. But the worst thing Trump can do, is to continue to hammer at his base, making them feel worse than they already feel uh, for simply being a man and being white. Make no mistake about it. His base are white males. That's what his base is. It's that simple. You don't have to go any further than that. Why do you think they're reviled by the vermin on the left, the perverts in Hollywood, the trick, the trick people, the mentally tricked people, the sickos, the drug addicts who run Hollywood, They're all sick in the head. There's almost none of them who's not sick in the head. And they put out the most vile images for the world to see, stirring up hatred around the globe so they could drive around in a new car, live in a mansion, and tell everyone how great they are and how horrible you are. So we have problems in the country, and I'm trying to show you some of these problems. Then you got Biden waiting in the wings, thinking that he's going to win. Biden is never going to get Eddie. Biden is never going to get Edith. Not if he continues to go after white people. Not if he continues to go after guns. There used to be a saying that the Republicans rely upon uh, the three G's. God, guns and gays. Well, the gay issue is long gone. No one cares anymore, by and large. That's not an issue. Guns are a big issue in this country, especially now. Do I have to tell you that after the mass shootings? Whatever happened to God in America? When have you last seen Trump even make a, an, a, a a fake going into a church? He did in the beginning. You remember that? Jim, am I mistaken? I do remember it. In fact, I remember right after he was elected, I remember being at Mar-a-Lago. It was a speech that the great first lady gave in Florida where she invoked God. I was so moved by it, I shook. I saw her that night with the president. I spoke with them. I was invited to their table. It was a great honor. And I said, Mrs. Trump, that was one of the most moving speeches I've heard in a long time. And I suppose you mentioned God because you come from a communist country where God was not permitted to be mentioned being an atheist uh, nation at the time. She didn't say very much. She's a very quiet person. Where has God gone in the Trump administration? Even Bill Clinton, the phony. Even he had a stage Bible for Sundays. Do you remember that? Remember he would go, he had a a Bible made up by his friends in Hollywood that was overly large so that even the spiritually blind could see the cross on it. Do you remember that? It was like uh, Braille for the uh, spiritually blind. So Clinton marched around with it on Sundays. A big oversized fake Bible created by his prop department in Hollywood. So you would think he meant it. Okay. I don't even see, does Trump go? He used to go to that little church across from... uh, The White House. He was married in that church, I think, across from the uh, hotel I stay in whenever I go there, which is like once every lifetime. (laughs) The the, the John, the the Hay Adams, the Hay Adams, great hotel, by the way. Right across, there's a teeny little church. I haven't seen him go in a while. If I were advising the president, and I'm not, unfortunately for him and for America, I would say, Mr. President, you're going to go to church every Sunday. I don't care if it's at your golf course and if you have to build one on the premises you're going to be seen going into a church on Sunday on your golf course because America needs some spiritual guidance right now. They're dying. It's not like a comedian in their dying up here. The country is dying a spiritual death. I know there's a connection between the death of God and the birth of hate. I know that there's a spiritual connection between the death of God in America and the birth of such enmity. I know it in my heart. I said it to my family the other day. I said when I was a little boy in school, every schoolroom had the Ten Commandments on the front above above the chalkboard. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill was prominent. Remember, Jim? You say it had no effect. It had a great effect on most people's minds. You're shaping young minds. And what are the Ten Commandments in a schoolroom now? If you're a boy, thou shalt sleep with your fraternity brother. If it feels good, do it. If you're a girl, thou shalt sleep with your sorority, sister. It feels good. Do it. Uh, if you want to smoke pot, go ahead and smoke it for you. It's just an herb. I can go down the list and make it up. I'm not in a comedic mood. So they killed the Ten Commandments. They replaced them with the uh, the Ten Commandments of vice and hatred. And you say there's no relationship to what's going on in this country? I would disagree with you. We're also talking about uh, the red flag laws and the... Uh, Dangers of uh, Marijuana, The Link Between Pot and Mass Shootings May Be Closer Than We Think, is a fabulous review article by Miranda Devine in the New York Post, which I put on michaelsavage.com, where she quotes the the evidence. The mental health crisis amongst youth and the effect of rising teen marijuana, marijuana use are intimately related. And she writes, yet we've known for more than a decade of the link between marijuana and psychosis, depression, and schizophrenia. I've quoted the evidence over and over again to no avail. In 2007, the prestigious medical journal Lancet recanted its previous benign view of marijuana, citing studies showing, quote, an increase in risk of psychosis of about 40% among smokers. A long-term study of 50,000 Swedish army conscripts found that those who had tried marijuana by age 18 had 2.4 times the risk of being diagnosed with schizophrenia in the following 15 years than those who had never used the drug. Heavy users of pot were 6.7 times more likely to be admitted to a hospital for schizophrenia. There are hundreds of thousands of Americans who could be saved from mental illness, which is a fate worse than death, if they were warned about the dangers of marijuana in susceptible individuals.
1: Savage.
0: The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. This is the greatest nation in the history of the world. It's the only hope for the entire world, which is why those millions of people that you love so much from Central America, Africa, and the Middle East kill to get here. But you are Hollywood brainwashed people. Most of you have been brainwashed by the worst people in the world. Admittedly, some of the smartest. Very, very smart people wind up in Hollywood, but very evil as well. And their stock and trade is hate. Their stock and trade is violence. Their stock and trade are using guns. Every one of these phonies in Hollywood have made their careers on violence and pornography. Every last one of them. Violence and pornography. When have you last seen a movie that made it that didn't have violence and pornography? Tell me one. I can't think of one. Marty Scorsese. Without violence, without guns, without beatings and stabbings and hurtings, this very talented image maker wouldn't have gotten to first base. Or this other clown who worked in a video store. Looks like it, sounds like it, his movies look like it. A day in the life of, I walked out after eight minutes, as I said last week, uh, well, two weekends ago, eight minutes, I couldn't take eight minutes of Brad Pitt and the other schmuck. I couldn't stand it. But everything in it was about violence. Everything. Have you heard about the contributions of the dreaded white male you've been taught to hate by those who can't keep up with the uh, history of this nation? I wrote it in 1999, White Male Inventions. You know, I've looked at it many times and it's still true. Trains, planes, cars, rockets, telescopes, tires, telephones, radios, television, electricity, atomic energy, Computers and fax machines, all miracles made possible by the minds and spirits of men with names like Ampere, Bell, Caselli, Edison, Ohm, Faraday, Einstein, Cohen, Teller, Shockley, Hertz, Marconi, Morse, Popov, Ford, Volta, Michelin, Dunlop, Watt, Diesel, Galileo, and other so-called dead white males. If you have a son who is being browbeaten because he just happens to be a Caucasian, if he's being taught by a mean-faced, clipped-haired hater of America... Give him this sheet, The Contributions of the Dreaded White Male. Print it up from my website. Read it. If you find anything in it that is false, let me know. Because I've gone through it many times. And give it to your son as ammunition against the haters in his schoolroom. And say to him, John, listen to me, Johnny. The next time someone tries to debase you as a white person, you don't have to get angry. You don't have to go hit him. Take this out, The Contributions of the Dreaded White Male by Michael Savage. And give it to them. And if they don't read it, you'll know who they are. Just walk away. And you'll understand that they're just bigots. Prejudiced bigots who hate white people. It's that simple. But I don't want to talk about that as much as I want to do about the other topics. Which is, uh, well, there's so many topics. Uh, Trump's endorsing uh, the red flag laws and background checks. The uh, issue of Marijuana. And the violence, and there's plenty of evidence of it, just ask any ER doctor. Now, don't ask don't ask those in the advertising business. Don't ask those in government. They're all greedy. They want the revenue. Uh, ask the doctors who work the ER rooms who's coming in. You know, Vegas, Los, Dave, Six, what's on your mind?
2: Yes, Dr. Savage, I thought I just felt compelled to give you a call. 35 year plus smoker of marijuana thinking that it was something that was uh, a plus in my life when after bailing out and realizing the just the alter just the feeling I felt the paranoia the schizophrenia thank you this line up forever but it's like a pilot or a police officer only certain people can do certain things but nobody can really survive altering their mind in a
0: continuous form you are a thousand percent correct how many years were you addicted to marijuana 35 plus how many years has it been since you're clean of that evil drug About 17 years now. That's a long time. That's a long time. I'll bet you still have cravings in a little flashbacky situation here and there, right? Yes. I see what's going on now. I didn't smoke marijuana until 21 years old. But to think that 10, 11 year old and younger are starting out at this point in time in their lives. when they are You know, the stupid mothers are giving it to children and dogs and pets. Did you know that? That's how dumb they are. Yes. The same stupid mothers who feed their children sugar, sugar, sugar in the morning are the same dumb mothers who give their children mind altering medications promoted by the evil drug uh, cartel. And then they put them on pot. Can you believe it? Women who you look in the straw, look how nice looking she is. Look at the what a great body she has. What great clothing. Look at that. What a nice car she's driving. She a junkie. Mike, only you and I at our age can look back and see I'm not I am in no particular age. I hate to be put into an age bracket because I'm eternal. Uh, I'm not- I gotta remember a man like me should live a thousand years, so I have no age. I thank you for the testimonial today on this average. I love that line, by the way. It's a great line. The two guys are laughing. Uh, it, it's a funny line, which is, it's from the great book by the Greek uh, author, Nikos Kazantzakis, Zova the Greek. You probably saw the movie with the great actor, Anthony Quinn. But in one of the seminal scenes in that movie, which I've long remembered, my whole life I remembered it, he's old and he's dying, that actor, Quinn, I think he's old and he's near the end of his days and he put, he's looking out the window in one of the houses in Greece and he turns to the woman, I think, that he's in the room with or with the engineer and he says... A man like me should live a thousand years. What a line that is. Try it on the woman the next time you are looking to uh, impress her. Let's say you're on a date. Try that on a date. Lean out the window and turn around and scream at her. A man like me should live a thousand years. See if you don't get lucky. Women want leadership and strength. They don't want wimp. They don't want weak. Okay? Save that for the dermatologist, the office of the dermatologist's office. I mean, I went there yesterday to have these things removed. I had it done before. It's funny. No matter how many times they freeze them and stick you with the needles with the Novocaine, it still hurts. So the nurse was very funny. She said, you know what I'm entering on your chart, Michael Savage? I said, watch. She said, I'm writing WUS on it. I said, go ahead. I don't care if you write WUS on it. I feel the pain. I'm one of the ultra-sensitive on, people on the planet. And it's not easy being sensitive. That's how I was born. I have, I have, very, I have super sensitive hearing, which is why I cannot be in public too, too often. I have super sensitive smell. Did you know that scent? I, I can smell things that uh, almost animals can smell. That's why I don't like being on airplanes in the summer or in such places. I can't even digest in restaurants when I hear people talking loudly about nothing. I wouldn't mind if they're making sense or discussing something. It's usually gibberish. It's like listening to gibberish to me. I'm in the radio business. My ears are super sensitive. I hear almost everything across the restaurant. I can tune in like a bat. I can tune in. So my wife says to me, why do you do that? Can't you tune out like other people? I said, no, I can't. Now, some would say that puts me on the spectrum. So be it. It doesn't scare me at all. All people of creative genius are on the spectrum one way or the other. But not all of us pick up guns and kill people. So what? I would be banned from owning a gun because I hear sounds that others can't hear. I smell things that others can't smell. I don't like noises. Would that, what what nut psychiatrist would say I shouldn't have a gun? I've owned guns since I'm a young uh, boy. Every time, wherever I was that it was legal, I was on the rifle team, and I'll repeat it over till you finally hear me. There's not another person in the major leagues of radio, I don't care who they say they are, how great they say they are, not one of them did what I did in my life. Not one of them, and I don't mean just that, being on the rifle team. Not one of them spent years of their life devoted to saving the environment not one of them did that not one of them gave the amount of money i've given to saving animals and saving the earth not one of them it's all about greed and building themselves grander estates and buying themselves newer cars it sickens me to sell yourself as a conservative and be a greedy individual who gives nothing to anybody but as i say it's not about that all those years in the fiji islands i could have been buying and selling real estate in manhattan you think i didn't see it yeah, I could have stayed in Manhattan. I could have bought and sold apartments up in Harlem. I uh, at the time, I remember, I had Russian friends, new emigres. They're very smart. They came over. They saw an opportunity. They saw that the slums of Harlem were really, you know, cheap. So they went into the real estate business. They bought the slums of Harlem, which became worth millions and millions of dollars. When I went to Israel in 1979, with the thought of moving there, I went up to Sfat as VAT. Interesting place in the Golan Heights. And some religious people said to me, it's a beautiful place. It's going to boom. You should buy one of these beautiful ancient stone houses that overlooks this incredible valley. I knew it was going to become worth a fortune. And I said, nope, I didn't come to the Holy Land to profit. I didn't buy anything in Israel, and I could have at the time. When I lived in Hawaii and I was walking in the the woods, um, I would sometimes look in the creeks. I looked down in the beautiful, pristine waters, and I saw a petroglyph. I reached in, and I picked it up and looked at it. I knew it was a, a rare ancient Hawaiian petroglyph that I had found. I didn't put it in my pocket and take it to a museum to sell it. I placed it right back in the in the earth, in the mud, where it came from. And you want me to tell you something? God rewarded me. I think that the, the spirits or God rewarded me for that. I don't know how to put it. I don't, know how the, I don't know how all the elements in the universe work. Do you? Do you really know how all the pieces of the universe work together? This enormous clock in the sky. What, you do this and that happens to over there, or you don't do this and that happens over there. You know what I'm saying? Jim, does this make sense to anybody out there? The celestial heavens, the clock in heaven, the fine moving parts of God's creation. I don't know how things work, but I sense there is a thing called karma. I know I'm getting a little off track. I get it. But you know what? I built my career by getting off track. In fact, people like the diversions more than they like the main story sometimes. Savage. Home of borders. Language. Culture. The Savage Nation. I feel like the old savage. I'm ready to fight again. I've rolled up my sleeves. I am going to fight every day of my life, not only for America, but for my show. If I ever tell the story of what has been done to me and by whom, many of you will not believe it. Some of the people you've come to believe in the most turn out to be the worst. But I'm not going to do it on this radio show because it's unnecessary. But I will tell you this. Many of you bought A Savage Life. or Many of you said, I don't want to buy it because I bought train tracks. There's a story in there. At the end, I wanted it in the beginning, but the publisher put it in the back. Many of you don't even know it's in there. It's called Conversations with My Great-Grandfather. I wish I had the time to read this story to you right now, but I don't. Uh, Maybe tomorrow about me conversing with the great-great-grandfather from Russia that I never met. You see, I got a picture of a daguerreotype of my great-great-grandfather from Russia from a distant relative somewhere in America who's doing the genealogy of the family. And I never met my great-grandfather. I knew he had to exist, obviously, because I wouldn't be on Earth without him. So God bless him. So I found that he was born in 1866. I get this picture, and I started to have conversations with him in my head because there are cultures on Earth that believe that their ancestors are with them at all times watching them, watching their every move. Can you believe this? Can you believe there are people on Earth who believe that their ancestors are watching them? Oh, how stupid they are. They're not up to the Hollywood standards of morays or morale. No. Lindsay Lohan, she had no ancestors. She was born when she was born. Her family began with her. Rosanna Arquette, who hates herself for being white and privileged. She had no ancestors. She was born and her family began when she was born. Do you understand what I'm getting at? Do you understand the the insanity of these people? That they think that the world began when they were born, the world ends when they die. So there are cultures on this earth. Many of you probably listening to this show belong to Native American cultures. Some of you come from Africa. Some of you come from other uh, regions of the earth where your ancestry is as real to you as uh, I don't know what to say. What's sitting on your table with you? The real to you is the steering wheel you're looking at. Your ancestors are with you in the car and they watch you. They watch you. If you do something wrong or you want to do something wrong, you you realize they're looking at you and you don't do it. That's what creates continuity between the generations. That's what creates the continuity of civilizations. That's what keeps civilizations going. Now comes the 60s. If it feels good, do it. Let it all hang out. Right. If it feels good, do it. Let it all hang out. Whatever you want to do is good. As long as it feels good, do it. So you throw away all the ancestry, all civilization goes with it. And the next thing you know, you have massive school shootings with rampant drug use and perversion of the likes that the Romans never would have dreamed of. This country right now is more degenerate than ancient Rome ever was. Do you know that? This country today has zero morality. I can say why, I can say who, I can blame Hollywood, I can blame the drug industry, I can blame the OxyContin industry, I can blame the pot industry, and it would be true, all of those factors. But I'm not here to blame because it's not going to change anything. Each man must tend his own garden. You have to start with yourself. Far from perfect am I, so every day I have to struggle with my inclinations. And so I once met a rabbi who said to me, Michael, do you think I don't have feelings? You think, you, may, you think I'm made of stone? This was an old guy in a black cloak, looked like a, a rigid guy, right? He said, well, Mike, you think I have no such feelings or no, no feelings that I do? He said, what you do is you learn not to act them out. It's that simple. Oh, I understand what the Ten Commandments are now, why they were written. They're a roadmap. They're a road map. That's why they were, when they were in the schools, they kept the children straight, by and large. Not all, of course, but there were no mass shootings then. The kids were not on medication. Of course, the access to guns wasn't there as well, to be clear. But the access to drugs wasn't there. And the children, children had not been drugged since childhood either, by the way. And father and mother were at home. Even if they were fighting, they were at home. Even if dad was there screaming and yelling, he was there. They had a father. The father kept him in line. The father told him what was right and what was wrong. That's what a father did. He was a disciplinarian in the household. That's the way America was built on that kind of morality. That kind of, that ethos. And now what do you have? What you have now is madness. You have total madness.
1: Savage.
0: Michael Savage. A host like no other. recoiling with horror at the mass shootings. We've been talking about the relationships between the denigration of white males, the effects of marijuana on on children, teenagers in particular. One of my favorite websites, which I go to every day, is the New York Post. I do. I like my horoscope. I like some of the columnists. And my favorite columnists, well, there's two. One of them is Maureen Callahan. She's critic at large at the New York Post, as well as the author of a new book called American Predator, The Hunt for the Most Meticulous Serial Killer of the 21st Century, it was released uh, July 2nd, just last month. And so we're going to talk today about why young American men are so angry. Joining us now is Maureen Callahan of the New York Post. Ms. Callahan, thanks for being with us on the program.
2: Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, after the Gilroy Garlic Festival mass shooting, you wrote an article asking readers why are young American men so angry. Did you expect the wide response that you received from readers
2: And it took me aback because the initial column was truly asking the question. You know, we thought, I thought about it. And, you know, when in the aftermath of these shootings, people retreat to their corners. And the Democrats blame and talk about gun control. And Republicans typically talk about mental health. And nobody is discussing the common denominator here, which is that the bulk of these mass shootings are committed by young white American men. And the Gilroy-Garlic shooter in particular was reported to have been asked uh, in the middle of, of what he was doing, you know, why are you doing this? And his response was reportedly Because I'm really angry. And so that was the jumping off point. Why are young American men so angry? And I was almost, the minute it went up, I started, I was just deluged with reader responses, hundreds of them all over the country, people of all ages.
0: I read them on the air the other day. I was in L.A. and my studio down there, and I read your column for two days off and on. Some of them, you know, farmers, ex-military people, they were very interesting. What was the common denominator?
2: You know, the interesting thing about the flood of responses is that there really was no common denominator. There were a plethora of theories offered, and it was everything from academia denigrating the white American male uh, in favor of groups that have historically been overlooked or oppressed, women, African Americans. Um, there were responses that... Theorize that somehow we are trying to flush out uh, masculinity in the culture as a whole, that instead we try to feminize young boys or we medicate them rather than finding outlets for what is natural, youthful mm-hmm. aggression, perhaps. Um, there were a few readers who said, you know, one in particular who worked with uh, children with behavioral issues and said, I sit down with these boys and young men and just ask them questions. I just ask them about their lives and what are they thinking. And it is as though they have never been asked these things before. I I feel that their parents are either more concerned with their dating lives. You know, a lot of kids come from broken homes, or I, I think that their parents are just mesmerized by their screens and they're not interacting with their children. So there are some that theorize that this is, a, a uniquely generational phenomenon, and there are some that thought, you know, no, this goes back far, far longer than that.
0: We're speaking with Maureen Callahan of the New York Post on her incredible column on uh, why American men are so angry, and, and she quoted people, she posted their their emails or letters. Uh, Maureen, I, I I I don't know whether to ask you this, but I'm curious, are you raising children yourself right now? I don't know if it's relevant, but I'm very interested. Do you have boys in the home?
2: I do not have boys. Uh, I have, I grew up with a younger brother. Um, and you know, it was, it, the, the, the tone and the tenor of the times is so vastly different than even just 20, 30, 40 years ago. You know, and if you think about technology, um, video games, you know, the most popular are first person shooter. Um, there is, it, the technology has given increased access to hardcore pornography and violence at your fingertips.
0: Uh, well, that's an interesting jumping-off point. The second shooter, the second madman, was in a, the grunge group, misogynistic to the core, sick, sickening. The images were horrible. What is the relationship between repressed sexuality and violence? Do you know?
2: It's interesting. I... Uh, I Before he passed away, I I spoke to um, Roy Hazelwood, who is a legendary FBI profiler, um, and he had written a landmark book uh, about violence, young men, um, and in it he theorized that um, the misogyny in the culture, which touches everything from pop culture to politics, and the increasing access. Hardcore pornography was only going to lead to a, a marked and and dangerous increase in violence uh, perpetrated by by young men, and he made this prediction twenty or thirty years ago. Uh, so, so there's there's something to it, to be sure. Um, he made
0: the prediction that what that there'd be more violence from from white males,
2: from young men in particular.
0: Well, it's young men in particular. I mean, we have it. Amongst other races as well, the random beatings in New York and San Francisco are not reported by and large, but they're out there. And it's not just white males who are doing it. But the shootings are generally done by white males, aren't they? Correct. That's an interesting differential. There is violence coming from other uh, racial groups in the young male population. It's random. Usually it's physical, but it's not shootings, meaning mass shootings. How does it relate to the young white male picking up a semi-automatic weapon and wasting whole crowds of people? What's the connection in your mind?
2: You know, I, I wish I knew. I think if I knew or if anybody knew, this problem would be solved. Uh, mm. it, it is a fascinating existential question. Uh, it's a tragic one. But why is the common denominator? Why are the perpetrators of such mass and random carnage? Typically young white American men. And in my initial column, I, I advocated for, you know, a, a national effort from the White House on down to address this question and to seek answers because without any movement on this, without any recognition of this sad fact, you know, they're just going to continue and, and grow in scope and devastation i mean last week i've never have you ever seen a week like this a week in which there were three mass shootings
0: maureen listen to me i had to take the day off from radio yesterday i was overwhelmed by the imagery by the hatred by the rage by the sheer carnage i'm in the business 25 years and frankly i was overwhelmed by it
2: it's it's almost unimaginable you know that this is this is our America.
0: No, it is unimaginable. People don't realize that what we're living through in America right now is very unique. This is not something that we should just say, oh, well, this is not an oh, well moment. This is something very unique right now. And so going back to your column, the, the answers again were very interesting. And one of them wrote, or you wrote this, if white males feel excluded from society, would they seek out groups that historically defend or champion the supremacy of white males? That was a keen question, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I think that's a fascinating question. Uh, you know, seeking out uh, seeking out groups that um, perpetuate this notion that the the white male is is the uh, sort of apex of what it is to be human, um, and to, and to blame the other, be it women, be it minority groups, be it immigrants, uh, is is an extremely dangerous uh, uh, draw. You know, I think there there are so many um, aspects of this of this of this problem, and and part of it is social media, and you know the role that technology and and these the Silicon Valley plays in in policing this stuff. You know, they've, they've been pretty hands off, and they are completely unregulated. And mm-hmm. I think that there is a fair amount to be answered for there. Is that the only p- part of, of, of this, of this uh, again, existential question? No. But I think that is one practical application for sure uh, that we in America should be pressuring our legislators to get on these tech companies who are mm-hmm. just doing whatever they want, and again, hands off.
0: Oh, I agree a thousand percent. I think that, frankly, the tech companies should be put under the umbrella of the FCC rules that I follow in radio. I can't say certain things or I would lose my position within one second. And so I think they need to be put into the umbrella of the FCC. We don't need to create a new agency to regulate what's said on social media and to control some of the insanity. But getting back again, before we go, to Maureen Callahan and her article on the uh, the ty- the thing we're living through right now, which is, uh, first of all, she's the author of the, the, the New York Times bestseller, American Predator. Don't forget that. I want you to buy her book. So that's number one. But the shootings are another story. And a lot of what you got from the people when you asked why... Was about the alienation and the attack on young white males, making them feel like they're non people. Literally, the you know I remember in the in the fifties there was a a great book about I think it was called The Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. Do you recall that book at all?
2: Of course, yeah.
0: Okay, that was about the black male at that time. The Invisible Man. I remember it very well. It was a very profound piece of sociological writing. The Invisible Man. Well, today. I believe that the teenage or the young white male, for that matter, the middle-aged white male, is the is the invisible man. Don't you think?
2: You know, that's an interesting uh, interesting theory. I would have to say, as a woman, I, I, uh, that has not been my experience. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay.
2: White men have, have dominated our politics and, and our culture uh, since the, the founding of, of this nation, for sure. Um, I I will say that it is. there were two things that I pondered while writing this question. One is, yes, there there is an understandable and there is an understandable sense of being left behind and or castigated. You know, I I think about some of these phrases that have entered the lexicon and that are used reflexively, uh, almost exclusively on the left. White male privilege, toxic masculinity. Um, On the other hand, you have groups such as women, African Americans, people who have been disenfranchised for quite some time but have never uh, taken up semi-automatic rifles and started shooting into crowds at random with the notion, with the goal rather of just committing mass carnage, uh, some, some of whom, again, as you beautifully pointed out, are, are lured by, for this very reason, white supremacy.
0: Well, it's an interesting topic, and it's worth discussing. The nation must have this conversation, which we are attempting to do here on the uh, show today. And, again, I recommend people go to Maureen Callahan's column on this subject. And, frankly, all of your columns, I've watched them for years, Maureen. I think they're great at the New York Post, and I thank you so much for being with us. Savage. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. MSNBC, as you know, is the place to go if you're insane, a crank, hate America, particularly hate Trump, hate white males. That's where you go. They had a national security contributor, a former FBI assistant director. If you can believe what you're about to hear, this guy, Frank Iliucci, worked for the FBI appointed by Obama. He said that by lowering flags for the shooting victims... Trump is sending out a neo-Nazi signal. Listen to the insanity of the left in clip 13. The president said that we will fly our flags at half mast until August 8th. That's 8-8. Now, I'm not going to imply that he did this deliberately, but I am using it as an example of the ignorance of the adversary that's being demonstrated by the White House. The numbers 8-8 are very significant in neo-Nazi and white supremacy movement. Why? Because the letter H is the eighth letter of the alphabet. And to them, the numbers 8-8 eight, eight together stand for Heil Hitler. To me, this man belongs in a mental institution. He belongs in a mental hospital, yet he was appointed to the FBI by Obama. National security contributor to MSNBC. And he tells us that by lowering the flags, Trump is sending a signal to neo-Nazis because 8-8 eight, eight means uh, Hitler or something like that. If this is not an example of paranoid schizophrenia, I I would like to know what it is. I never knew any of that. I'm in the media. I never knew it was a signal. You mean today is the eighth day of August, and somehow, because it's on my computer, 8-8-2019, Google is now celebrating Hitler and the neo-Nazi movement? Should I go to my calendar now and take a scissor and cut out 8-8? Or will some uh, Hitlerite from the left come to my house in the future and see if I have calendars uh, where I have not removed 8 8 From the calendar. I have ethnic calendars in my house. Let's see what's on the ethnic calendar for 8-8. Little did I know. Look at this. August 8th, 2019. The 7th of Av. Nothing. They don't mention Hitler and it's a Jewish calendar. Of all people, wouldn't you think that the religious Jews would have noted, take this date out of your calendar. It means Adolf Hitler. They didn't do that. Do you understand how crazy the left really is? Do you know their motivations may not be as evil as they are medically driven. That's an interesting concept I just came up with. But it's not the first time I've noted that liberalism is a mental disorder. And it won't be the last. Savage. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it.